breaking the vows that bound her. But he had loved her nonetheless, with a passion that had given form and color to all his life afterward. And when he heard of her death, he went apart to his own study, and there he shed the tears he would not shed before his wife or his wife's sister, who had once been Leone's novice keeper at Arlin, or before any of his household. But if they knew of his grief, and in a household of common telepaths such things could not well be hidden, no one would speak of it. Not even his grown sons and daughters asked why their father grieved in secret. Leone to them, of course, was only a legend with a name. And so when the news spread through the domains, there was much excited speculation, even in this most distant of remote corners in the domains, about the question that now quickened and burned all over the domains, from the Hellers to the plains of Arlen. Who now will be keeper of Arlen? And to Damon, one day soon after that, in the privacy of his own study, came his youngest daughter, Kleindori. She had been given the old-fashioned name, legendary and traditional, of Dorilis, Golden Flower. But as a child, her hair had been pale sunny gold, and her eyes so big and blue that her nurses dressed her always in blue frocks and blue ribbons, her foster mother, Damon's wife, Elamir, said that she looked like a blue bell of the Kittiset flower, covered with its golden pollen, so they had nicknamed her, when she was only a toddler, Kleindori, Golden Bell, which was the common name for the Kittiset flower. And as the years passed, most people had all but forgotten the Doralise Ayard for her mother had been an adestro daughter of that powerful domain, had ever borne any other name but Kleindori. She had grown into a tall, shy, serious young woman, thirteen years old now, her hair sunny, copper-golden. There was Drytown blood in the Rydenau clan, and her mother's father too had been, it was whispered, a Drytown bandit from Shainsa. But that old scandal had been long forgotten, Damon, looking up at the womanly body and serious eyes of his last-born daughter, felt for the first time in his life that he was approaching old age. Have you ridden all the way from Armada today, my child? What had your foster father to say to that? Glyndori smiled and went to kiss her father on the cheek. He said nothing, for I did not tell him, she said gaily. But I was not alone, for my foster brother Kennard rode here with me. Kleindori had been sent to fosterage at nine years old, as the custom was in the domains to grow to womanhood under a hand less tender than that of a mother. She had been fostered by Valdir, Lord Alton, whose lady Laurie had only sons and longed for a daughter to rear. There was a distant understanding that when Kleindori was old enough to marry, she might be wedded to Lord Alton's elder son, Louis Arnott. But as yet, Damon supposed, there was not thought in Kleindori of marriage. She and Louis and Valdir's youngest son, Kennard, were sister and brothers. Damon greeted Kennard, who was a sturdy, broad-shouldered, gray-eyed boy a year younger than Kleindori, with a kinsman's embrace, and said, so I see my daughter was well guarded on her way here. 
What brings you here, children? Were you hawking and late returning and chose to ride this way, thinking there would be cakes and sweets for runaways here, when there would be only the bread and water of punishment at home? But he was laughing. No, Kennard said seriously. Klein Dory said she must see you, and my mother gave us leave to ride. But I do not think she knew fully what we asked or what she answered, for there was such a hullabaloo at Armida on this day, ever since the news has come. What news? Damon asked, leaning forward, but already he knew and felt his heart sink. Kleindori curled herself up on a cushion at his feet, looking up at him. She said, Dear father, three days ago the Lady Janine of Aralin came riding to Armida on her search for one to bear the name and dignity.